I did shave the beard. It's like a brand, you're um, like a brand new man. Yeah, I feel like I look younger with it. I got tired of looking at myself with that uh, scruff on the face. It happens every now and then. And also, um, summertime. The person who touches it the most uh, has opinions about that as well. So <laughs> occasionally uh, I stop being lazy and cut all that crap off my face. You're like a sheep, and they shear you for the summer. I just chopped like six inches off my hair and that's literally exactly what my hairdresser said. She was like, we're shearing you for the summer. It feels nice. So we're all nice and shorn and I, I wanted to start tonight. <laughs> nice and shorn. <laughs> I wanted to start tonight with a tale of, of last night's uh, recording, which was at the stadium and um, won't be up until after this comes out. A little preview of Hot at the Park Nine with Sophie Ross. We had an awesome time. It was it was so great. We were um, three uh, two beers in, which we calculated was the equivalent of drinking a forty over the course of the game. Um, and me being a um, lightweight in my forties, um, yeah, we had a good time. Um, but part of the show was we wound up. Uh, she's from Cincinnati. We wound up going to the fancy ass store that they have at Yankee Stadium because the entire main concourse is a mall and not really a baseball stadium. It's just incidental to the fact that, you know, anything is there. There's a Bengals jersey. Joe Burrow, she's a Bengals fan and it's five hundred dollars. A Bengals jersey at Yankee Stadium? Exactly. This is a this is a big part of that show. Oh. So I don't I don't wanna get into this too much and, and spoil anything. To but spoil the, anything. <laughs> The mystery of the Bengals jersey at Yankee Stadium. Well, yeah. On the edge of my seat. <laughs> don't spoil it. You don't bring something like that up and tell me you're not going to spoil it for me. How am I supposed to sleep tonight? <laughs> Allison Robicelli's back, everybody. Yes, <laughs> I am. Oh, man. What a crazy fucking couple of weeks, man. I, uh... I, I didn't get to the end of that story with the horrible male gatekeeping, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm just saying it's been a crazy fucking couple of weeks. Let's get back to this this jersey uh, yeah. at Yankee Stadium. So the point is, she's a Bengals fan, and mm. you know, a Burrow jersey. There's also a Joe Burrow helmet. The, the jersey's five hundred. The helmet is seven fifty. Um, and she's trying to sweet talk the the guy at the counter. Like, can't come you deal. I'm a Bengals fan. You know, got the Reds head on. There's you know thousands of Reds fans at the game. Um, and probably the jerseys and helmets are out because they know there's Cincinnati people there. Anyway, he then goes to like, oh yeah, you're you're really a Bengals fan. You didn't just hop on this here. You know, yeah, tell me some things. I know, you know, Ken Anderson, Chris Collinsworth, and the guy gives her the old, you know, oh Chris Collinsworth. What position did he play? She knows, you know, he's a wide receiver. And I didn't want to say anything in the moment, but like some some dude would not have gotten that shit. Am I right? No. I was so used to that when I was a sports fan where it was like, it wasn't enough for me to say like, I really love the Yankees or I really love the Rangers. People go, oh, is that so? And then they'd give you a pop quiz. And I didn't realize how fucked up that was until like pretty much right now. Because I just didn't think about it. But yeah. Yeah. Like, why did I have to, why do I need to have an entrance exam to have a conversation with people? Abby, does this happen to you? You know, It, this has happened to me, and I will say I have like a sort of strange relationship to being a sports fan to begin with because I 
was not until I like converted to being a Mets fan very like ferociously. I, I did not give a shit about sports like at all. Uh-huh. I had this like revelation of like, I understand why people love sports. And so when I first was starting to like the Mets and watch the Mets, I also felt this pressure to like watch all sports. Like I really tried to become like an NFL and an NBA fan. And I found over time from that feeling of just like, it was never enough to know. It was too much to watch, too much to pay attention to. I basically then like decided like I and I'll say this to people all the time like I'm a Utah Jazz fan like I really converted to the Mets and like I know about the Mets like I can't answer the questions but I no longer put the pressure on myself to have to know everything and I feel very comfortable saying to people like at this point as a fan of like I don't like I don't have like I don't have like I don't owe you anything. Like all I have to do is like turn it on and like find it fun. Um, if you're a Mets so, yeah, fan, yeah. Like, if you're a Mets fan, shouldn't you yeah. be happy that more people are liking the Mets? Like you should be happy with that. I mean, yeah. I do. I do feel like there is. I do feel like there are certainly times where I can sit on the other side of this, though. Right? Like there are times where I'll see. Um, like people I went to college with, like wearing Mets gear, and I get like a little prickled. If I'm like, you don't know anything about the Mets, like you're not a real fan. <laughs> and I thought, like, I can find the times, and I think it's that feeling, like, certainly misogyny, but I think I can understand the feeling in like these things feel really like precious to us, and they're things that you feel like you you have like earned like being a fan of and I do think that like the Mets in particular the like misery required um can start to feel like oh like you don't know and I I can I can like have some empathy for that because I feel like I've lived on both sides (laughs) yeah and the the only time that I experience anything even remotely like that is when you know, I tell people that I'm a Sunderland fan. They're like, oh, that's weird for an American. And like, you know, how'd you pick that up from Netflix? I'm like, no, I actually, you know, in college, like 20 years ago. Um, and then that's the end of it. Nobody ever has any further questions. Like, maybe like, oh, like, yeah, did, did you like some American player back in the day, Claudio Reyna? Yeah, sure, I did. I have his jersey. Um, but it never goes so how further. so how did you become a Sunderland fan? Um, I went to a bar in Philadelphia because back then you didn't just get it on like NBC Sports or whatever. It was like you had to go to the bar that had the satellite package, and Manchester United was playing against Sunderland. And I was you know I had gotten into soccer during the '98 World Cup, and also like knew that Manchester United had been like the European champions and like the best team and all of that. And I was like, well. I grew up in New York and I'm a Yankees fan. And I've always said, like, if I didn't grow up in New York, you know, I would hate the Yankees. I might still like the Mets, but I would hate the fucking Yankees because, you know, that's how it is. And this is Manchester United. They're the fucking Yankees. I'm rooting against them. And also that day, Sunderland tied them. And the Sunderland fans at the bar were amazing and welcoming and, like, the nicest people and bought me a college kid a beer. So I was fucking hooked for life. Yeah, that's a good story. That's a good That's story. That's such a wonderful story. Yeah. I, I think... feel like, um, I was just going to say, I feel like it's like, 
that's what sort of I think is not allowed to women it, when you're a fan of sports is that feeling that's just like I don't know it just felt fun like it just felt right I just liked them like I just liked them I don't know like I don't know they just it was it just was like enjoyable and I think that like women sports fans are denied that right pretty consistently well yeah we're we're denied like we don't get to look at people who look like us on the field you know so there's just mm-hmm. been this kind of like male thing like well this is only for men so you don't get to come and watch you know or you don't get to know anything about it. it's like you know you're a big fat guy fucking sitting on your uh on your couch watching a TV, not actually participating in any sort of athletic activity whatsoever. And you're like, yes, but this is for men, for strong men with testosterone and giant wooden bats and and grabbing their crotches. It's like, you silly women can't understand this. Well, every last one of us would have been a superstar in the major leagues, if not for some terrible circumstance befalling well, obviously in most of those cases a complete lack of talent but that yeah. is not something to stand between a man and believing that he could but like they could call any man from the stands and say somebody needs to manage this team because the manager obviously has no idea what he's doing and we're not going to let ladies in there with the ladies can't be managing shit they can't be you know so it was it was always growing up like oh like i can enjoy this but i don't belong here or i'm not allowed here how fucking crazy is that i'm 41 years old and we're just kind of being like wow this is kind of messed up now like like i kind of felt like this is all kind of fucked up but like yeah no i mean i think any woman knows as much about baseball as some like fat ass sitting on his couch uh like fucking you know on the sb nation forums like all the goddamn time how could any woman like like what is it that your dick's doing that suddenly makes you the fucking expert anyone can manage anyone can manage or ump or, I mean, they really do let anybody up out there, don't they? Yeah. This this came up on on the previous pot of the park with Bob Potras. That's that's available now if you subscribe. Um, race car drivers, and I asked him, you know, point blank, why aren't there more? Like we've seen Danica Patrick do it. We there are women in the lower levels of NASCAR, but why aren't there? And his answer was, a lot of it is, you know, it's connections and money, and it's true. A lot of you know, auto racing is nepotism as well. And when you think about the nepotism, like, you know, there's always, you know, these series of brothers and fathers and sons, like, you know, Dale Earnhardt Sr. and Jr. are the most famous and popular race car drivers ever, the Andrettis, everything. Why aren't the daughters getting those opportunities? And it's because it's a bunch of, you know, the these are all dudes who are like, I, I ain't putting my daughter in harm's way. It's it's that mentality. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna throw my son to the wolves, though. I'm yeah. gonna throw my son at a wall at 300 miles an hour. You know. That's that's the thing. Like I played with I played with fireworks when I was a kid, so my son can too. But my daughter, no. That that's it's like it's the same shit of like that. You know, um, all that toxic. Like you know, meet the father at the door when he's got a baseball bat in his hand for the prom date. All that shit that overprotective nonsense shit that women can't go out and do things on their own and the baby girl has to be the yeah. princess. My dad wouldn't let me lift heavy objects because he said, and I quote, your ovaries will explode. So, 
this is a costly it's like that sort of shit that i do feel like ultimately like bimbo feminism is so annoying and stupid unfortunately Um, since this is a podcast like no one can see like the look on my face is i have to remember that like he would say this to me not just once like all the time or be careful where you live because your ovaries your girl parts they could explode i'm like i don't think that's how it works you and i, I do feel like i want to reclaim that one yeah. though i want to like take that one and make everyone pick up boxes for me because my ovaries are going to explode if i pick them up <laughs> like i don't know maybe dudes think it's like a hernia situation um I'm not I'm not really sure the logic behind that, but if you think that our internal organs are so frail, like women just as a concept are so frail that if we lift things, the insides of our body will like erupt like a volcano. Like we'll just fucking explode. <laughs> That's why women can't lift things and open doors for themselves. And it's it's because it's just it's just too much. It's just all too much. I do feel that way sometimes, though. Like, sometimes I just really feel... I'm not a morning person at all. And sometimes in the mornings, I feel just like the whole inside of me is, like, made of, like, goo or, like, glass. I don't know which one. Glass technically is a goo. It is technically a goo. That's very true. I have been feeling that, like, nonstop during my, my hiatus from the shit really just like the past couple of months in general and uh i don't know like aren't aren't we all just kind of like goo that we try to mold into a semi-human form every day and fool everybody that we're upright direct functional human beings and then we come home and we dissolve oh, yeah. back yeah. In- into the goo it's amazing that you think i leave the house allison Oh, I forced myself to leave the house. I've been living in the fucking suburbs now. I leave the house every day. I make myself go outside every day, but I don't like, you know, I like go on a walk and come back to my house. I am in the, uh, okay, so since the last time I was on here, I have moved from uh, southern Baltimore, where I've lived for the past six years, to um a house which is in northern Baltimore. It is like Baltimore. It's like you have that part that everybody sees on TV, you know, and the downtown part. But most of Baltimore is like these, like picture perfect, like nineteen fifties suburbs, like with split levels and ranches and stuff, and and it's adorable. Like so, I live in like this mid century suburb that's technically part of the city, and I fucking hate it i hate the suburbs so much guys and i have said my whole life i said i'm never gonna live in the suburbs and technically i'm not but technically i am and i've been here for almost two weeks it'll be two weeks tomorrow and i'm going to die this is just terrible you have to like you gotta walk for like half an hour if you want to do anything and whatever that thing is is gonna suck because everything sucks out here It's like, oh, I'm going to walk, like, half an hour and, like, walk around to Whole Foods. Or, like, hey, it's Rite Aid again. I feel that way when I go home. My parents live in the suburbs. And, like, uh, my life 
my whole adult life I've lived in that way where it's like there's always a bodega available if you can't get it at the bodega you can get it three blocks further down at the grocery store if you can't get it at the grocery store something you can like pay a premium and have it delivered to you in 10 minutes like you know and I when I go home to my parents house and they didn't have any like seltzer water last time that I was there and I was like like I couldn't get it through my head like I couldn't figure out where to like walk to just like purchase yeah. seltzer water it was really distressing to me it's um it's scary to have to recognize uh how reliant we are <laughs> when, I, when we go to massachusetts to visit my wife's family the first thing i do is like all right how much time do i have until the stop and shop closes i got to get over there and like make sure that we have enough like you know seltzer and everything else yeah i'm out here and i don't have a car and I was like, well, there's plenty of buses. That's fine. Now, when I lived in southern Baltimore or, you know, where there was just kind of more action, for some reason, the buses seemed to come with startling regularity. Here, there's one bus line that is optional. Uh, and sometimes it shows up on the transit app and sometimes you see it coming and then it just disappears. Like it's in the Bermuda Triangle. It just it just vanishes. And the other day I had a meeting and I had to get home and the bus vanished and I had to walk two hours home. That was my only option. In a city, I had to walk for two fucking hours to get back to the house. And this is a, this is just a national disgrace. We are just a disgrace. I don't want to buy a car. I don't want to be forced to, to rely on the gasoline industry. And you know, the thing is, is that the second I get a car, the kids are going to ask me to fucking drive them all over the fucking place. That's it. This I bought my, yep. I bought my car to be able to go to work and cover Rangers practices. So and I wouldn't have to drive, you know, two hours, you know, wouldn't have to take it like a two hour train and cab ride every day and just do a half hour yeah. drive. And the reason that we still have a car is because we have to take the kids places. I always had a car. I always took the kids places. The car got stolen. Suddenly, I didn't have to do that anymore. The type of freedom that I felt like, yes, I could go less places. But also, I have my life again. I, I earn my own hours. Because people, when you have a car, your kids and your, your spouse just believe that you can drop everything that you're doing and rearrange your whole schedule to fit in their needs. So like, yeah, I have to go to work, but you need to go drive somewhere? All right, well, I'll take a three hour chunk out of my day and I'll drive you and then I'll sit in the car for an hour until you're ready to come home. There have been days where like eight to 10 hours of my day was just been driving people fucking around. And then once I didn't have a car anymore, it was like, oh wow, Allison, you could have your life back. I'm supposed to get a car back just so I could like, go to a fucking Whole Foods and buy seltzer? No, no, this country is embarrassing. I cannot, like, I, I'm staying here for like six months and then I'm gonna go right into the middle of the city again and like, I, I'm, I'm never fucking leaving. I can't do this, this, this country is garbage. The suburbs are garbage. This entire fucking plan that we have as a nation, this is American experiment. This is all terrible, terrible. I hate it here. Doing this is doing well. It's pod, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm breaking. Fuck it. Oh my god. So like the other like like two nights no not two nights ago like two weeks ago I'm trying to sleep and I can't because I'm on Ambien. I'm on a lot of Ambien, but I can't because like there's these like 
electric lights floating around the room. And I'm like, oh shit, there's ghosts. But then like after an hour, I realized they were fireflies and they had gotten in the house and the room is just full of fireflies. And I'm like, okay, this is actually kind of pretty till the cats noticed them. And then shit was like, oh man, that was not a fun night, guys. Uh, <laughs> but okay. that doesn't happen in the city. Had a similar Baltimore's latest grizzly murder scene. Yeah, collection of fireflies brought down by cats. Yes, it was. Uh, I... I mean, it was pretty for a little while. A little while until the until the the jumping and the destruction started. It was all very. It was a very nice two a.m. experience. Okay, it's. I got a firefly. I walked into my partner's apartment the other night, and we had been walking home and. I thought that there was like a little leaf in my hair. I have quite curly, big hair, so things get caught in there. And I reached out and I pulled it out and it was a firefly. And it like lit up in the middle of his apartment. I thought it was dead. It like lit up, it like flew away. And at first I was like so like, I thought it was like so magical because I had just been talking on the wall <laughs> how much I love fireflies. I think they're like so beautiful. And I was like, oh my God, babe, like there's a firefly and it was in my hair. And he was like, okay, that's not good. You're saying that like, there's like, like, like this is like some like very beautiful experience, but now you have to kill the firefly. What's wrong with your partner? I don't like this. This is, this is not oh. good. Your partner, your partner doesn't believe in magic. You're like, look at this beautiful magical thing. And he's like, you should not feel good about that. That brings <laughs> death into our household. <laughs> no, enjoy the magic. I was telling you about the chemicals I, in the fireflies' butt that make it do yep. that. I did have to kill it. I had to kill it. I hit, my, I hit it with my hand against the wall, and then I felt terrible because the like glowing chemical butt like left a little like you know splat on the wall that like still glowed. And I was like pretty, you know, I was like kind of distressed by that. You should have made, to, I would have dragged my partner right there and just held his eyes like right next to like, you did this. <laughs> See this? This was fucking you. Like, okay. He would be like, it was a fucking house. <laughs> yeah. You just, you should like just like catch a bunch of fireflies and then crush them into like a glow in the dark paste, like right on his walls. You did this. <laughs> Look, I, I also do that with like a right. vitamin B um, compound. It's one of the one of the B vitamins. Or they, or she could just kill like two thousand fireflies and turn it into a glow in the dark ink to traumatize yeah. her partner. That, that is a lot easier than doing it's, one Google search and a trip to CVS. Yeah, it's like yeah, that would be a lot easier. What's the fun sure. of it though? It's like oh, I, you know, I'm scarring because you for life with cat- two thousand fireflies. That's part of the magic of it. It's the fact that it like that, the, the magic. I don't want to kill any fireflies. It's just it's their souls. It's like you're, you're, it's like you, you're releasing. I am not high, by the way. I said very concretely to myself before this episode, I was like, I want to go smoke some weed. I'm like, no, because I'm going to be a professional tonight. Um, so yeah, it's the fireflies. You want their souls ground so up you're into not the. High, you're just a firefly reaper by <laughs> ordinary design. Do you fucking know me? I mean, yeah, any, I do. the weed, if anything, makes me uh, more respectable or more logical. Um, but yeah, I no. Definitely never smoke weed before or during this podcast. <laughs> yes. Oh God. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're gonna write a, a heinous message on your lover's bedroom wall in blood, um, firefly blood, I think is number one. 
uh, I, I would go with snake blood next because it just looks like something that might be easy to harvest. And that might be easy to harvest? Yeah, so if you need a large I amount of blood. Not, I, I mean, I did not know. I mean, chicken blood would be particularly easy. And, you know, you go for your larger animals, your chickens, your, you know, you could even go get a cow heart from the. No, you got to kill it yourself because, again, it's got to have the soul in it. How the fuck did I get on this topic? Okay. Can, okay. What does this I have to do with the place? In, in any any trickery, I think. No, if you don't kill it yourself, it's like just half assing it. You were on a school field trip to see this. If you happen. don't kill it yourself, it's half assing it. No, you can um, get. You, they will pick out a chicken, and I assume that if you pay them enough money on the side, they will let you kill the chicken. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I don't know. I feel like like doing that with the well. If I ate the chicken yeah, afterwards, they, it wouldn't feel wasteful. So yeah, okay, that works. On on a trip full of um, you know sixteen and seventeen year olds in high school, um, they just pulled out a chicken, showed us how they did it. Um, it was very um, swirly to get the feathers out. Um, they they have like a kind of it's like a chicken washing machine that they sort of do. Um, what the fuck? Like, this podcast is always crazy, but, like, what the fuck is happening tonight? I came back after an after extended hiatus. Uh, I'll tell you. I came uh, back I, and I ruined the show. There we go. No, you made the show fantastic. Uh, <laughs> celebrity fashion designer Zach Posey was in that class. And on that trip, <laughs> seeing a chicken get killed under the Manhattan Bridge. What? Again, I did not know what the next sentence out of your mouth was going to be, but I did not think it was going to be that. <laughs> what was the context for this field trip? Like, did you guys have to write a report afterwards, or was when, this like... Uh, the, the class was actually, uh, it was a great class. We went on a lot of fun field trips like that. Um, it was a history of New York City class. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, that works. I mean, if you're going to find a way to fit, like, killing chickens into your high school curriculum, that's a good way, good way to do it. Yeah. So did anybody, like, did, did everybody in the class get to kill a chicken, or they just did one and... They did one, they did one and I'm, you know, I'm assuming that if you go to a place, there's a place around the corner for me that, that, you know, has live chickens and other animals come in on a truck every couple of days. And uh, Oh, shit! I forgot! Speaking of living in the suburbs, I saw a vulture the other day! And it was in a parking lot of the, uh, uh, what, what the fuck is it? It was a Rite Aid. It's in a Rite Aid parking lot, and there was a whole bunch of pigeons and one vulture. And I chased it around. Uh, I couldn't really tell what it was because I have very bad eyesight. Uh, and I wasn't sure if it was like a, a chicken or whatnot. It was just like this large black mass that was like three times bigger than the other pigeons. And then I chased it around for a bit. I'll send you guys the video. We can share it on the official uh, Willits Pod uh, newsletter. Allison chasing it. Yes. I mean, this is the kind of quality content people want to see. Other shit that I've seen. I saw a, uh, a deer uh, frolicking in a sewage runoff brook. This morning, I have seen uh, <laughs> I have seen two bunny rabbits up here. Uh, I saw a snake. I'd never seen a snake outside Did of like blood. Yeah, no, not yet. Um, the snake. Well, then what are you waiting for? Well, I okay. It was so easy. I could have, but all right. I'd never seen a snake 
outside before. I've only seen them like at the zoo or in a tank or like on a guy's shoulder at a street fair. So I'm walking again to this Whole Foods. There's like nothing to fucking do out here, guys. I just keep walking to the Whole Foods. And the snake is walking on a little pathway also to the Whole Foods. And I was like, oh shit, look at that snake. And then I was like, you know what? I don't think it's poisonous, so I bet I could touch it. So I touched it on where its butt, I guess, is. Or like, if if a if if a snake had a butt, it would be the butt area. He didn't like it. Uh, he turned around. He like kind of like yelled at me a little bit. Like, and I was like, I'm sorry, but I needed to say that hello. Is so brave of you. Well, you know, it's Baltimore, and I don't think we have poisonous snakes. Uh, and. I saw a snake in DC recently, um, and it really did scare me. I was like running kind of down by the river, and it went across the path, and it scared me. And when I saw your Instagram story about seeing the snake and how brave you were, I mean, I did not react that way. I took like a deep breath and like froze and like, like I gasped, and then it like went across the path, and I like really quickly ran past it. <laughs> I just like he was just lying there. Like I really wanted to see him slither around, but he wasn't doing that. So this is what I think about every day. As a what? Is that why the vulture was there, perhaps? No, 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 no. The vulture was in a different part. Of, the vulture was, like, in a serious part of Baltimore. Like, a serious part of Baltimore. Like, much more urban. But um, a lot of Baltimore looks like the suburbs, but, like, also the wire. So that's where the vulture was. Uh, but the snake, the snakes go to Whole Foods. The snakes are a little bit, uh, like, I guess, uh, they like the finer things, so to speak, these snakes. Um, but I haven't seen one slithering yet. I haven't seen a snake in motion or a snake on the go. So that I'm really excited for. And also to see a fox. Um, and I've heard a woodpecker out here, but I haven't seen one. Uh, and I believe that there might be owls. But I have to wake up early to see the owls, so I don't like my odds there. Bring this back my to baseball own. about the vulture. I think the vulture is lost because it can't circle around the Orioles anymore. Yeah, yeah that's really very true. Now. The Orioles are good now. Yeah, what we nine in a row? Something? Ten something? In a row. Ten in a row. Five hundred. We're gonna see a good team in two weeks. Yeah. Who are they? Who are they playing? Game at the end of July in Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what what um I don't know who they're playing. The Rays. Okay. That's great. It's a great park. Can't wait to see you. We'll talk about yeah. crabs. You know. Oh, this week. Talk about crabs. People just. All the animals that you've seen, no crabs. No. There's not a lot of you're crabs. Not, you're not by the water in northern Baltimore. The crabs are in the bay. They're in yeah. danger. I'm not like, you know, there's nobody in Baltimore. Like, you don't want to eat any crabs that come out of any water anywhere close to Baltimore. If you say, come to Baltimore, say, I want to have your local crabs. No. Don't fucking do that. It's like, go far, far away from an industrialized city. And then you may eat your selfish, you know? But, like, nobody wants, like, New York... I made a mistake when I, when I ate crabs that time. The crab cakes? Those were yummy. No, they were delicious, but the crab was, like, probably coming from, like, Indonesia or something. Like, the, the crab... Or, yeah, well, during the off-season, the crab comes from Indonesia. Um, if you want, like, real crab, you've got to go down to, like, the islands in the chesapeake bay like the the places like okay so there's this island smith island that i just learned has its own dialect of english uh they are people who like came from cornwall and england in like 1670 and they kind of kept that queen's english for 400 years and created their own like weird language 
uh, and they also make cakes and uh, crabs. So, so if you want to go hear some uh, weirdos that you can't speak uh, proper English to and eat their crabs, go to Smith Island. There you wow. go. <laughs> so learn something new every day. It's also near an island uh, called Assatog Island, or as I like to call it, Horsey Island, because a whole bunch of horses uh, ended up there a couple hundred years ago. I think a ship sank, and all the horses like. Uh, swam over to the, the island and then they took over the island so it's just wild horse island and they're mean motherfuckers and people are always upset about that they're like the horses are mean I'm like the horses aren't there for your amusement you know you can't just go into somebody's house and start touching them and the, horses <laughs> the horses didn't want you to show up at their at their horsey island let the horses have a horsey island we can, man has horses, so many other islands you know those horses are the only legitimate American settlers. Those horses, those they horses. They were abandoned, they, they came to an uninhabited island and they made it their own, that's fine. Go horses. Those horses have more of a claim to America than any of us do. Those horses have that's been here longer than any of us. So for humans to be like, we're gonna summer on Horsey Island, I say, nay, that's right. <laughs> I say, nay. <laughs> Uh, I didn't mean for that to happen, but sometimes it just sets itself up so nicely. So I had to take the shot. I'm sorry. Do not be sorry. <laughs> we are so glad to have you back out. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, I haven't even started talking about my divorce yet. Maybe I'll save that for next week. All right. This well. is this is going to become the Willits Penn slash Houses Divorce Podcast. I'm doing this great, by the way. <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. Fantastic. Fantastic! And how about them Mets? Let's go Mets, baby. It's five nothing uh, in the first game. And, Addy, the thing that you wanted to talk about, you wanted to talk about the Mets and their series win in Atlanta and how like Look, they fucking happened. They, they they did that. They won that series. They did that. They won that series. That felt really good. I consistently stand by the fact that I think this team is sustainably good. Do I want them to go on like an 11 game win streak after the all-star break? Yes. But I'm really happy with how the Mets are playing right now. And I'm really happy that we came out of that series, not only not getting swept and not giving up the lead, but winning it. I love the Mets. That's all I have to say. Two and a half games, possibly for a break. I watched Jacob Degrom rehab start today, which was a treat. Jacob Degrom is a fantastic pitcher, <laughs> and I am so excited to watch him pitch for the Mets. <laughs> Good to see him after the break. <laughs> all right, that's. Uh, I think that's all for us. If you haven't subscribed to Will's Pod or Will's Pen yet, you should do so. Um, anything else? We plug in anything? No, I'm Great. back. Lake Nipples is back. Lake Nipples is is coming back. I'm catching up. Like, dude, after when you move, I knew being moving was going to suck, and I expected it to be traumatic. But somehow, it was like seven million times worse. And I had the lowest possible expectations for this, but it was still so much worse. And um, I I need to move out of the suburbs, but I also never want to move again. So if somebody wants to come and save me, I would appreciate it. 
Like, we did have Keith Hernandez day recently, and he's got some experience moving helpers. Keith uh, Hernandez, please come, <laughs> please come get me and buy me something. Buy me a condo in in central Baltimore and come pick me up and buy me all new shit because I'm I'm just gonna burn this stuff down. Bur moving is the absolute worst, and I am so happy that. I am getting back to work, and I'm back at Wilt's Pod, and we'll be back in Lake Nipples very shortly, and uh, yeah, and uh, I, I, I have nothing else to do in the suburbs but sit here and write and uh, walk to Whole Foods and walk back and chase snakes. Uh, that sounds like my life. Yeah. The snake. Yeah, I'll let. I can't wait to to <laughs> see another snake. If you're not following me at uh, on Instagram at uh, Allison Robicelli. You're missing some uh, hot snake, uh, snake action. So, uh, snake action. <laughs> snakes, chipmunks. Uh, I'll I'll send you guys that picture of that deer in the sewage runoff today. That was something. Yeah, it's magic up here, guys. Right, check out the show notes on our Substack if you're listening to us on I on iTunes or Spotify or whatever. That is Alison Robertelli and Ali Addie Bear. I am Jesse Spector. I can say three names almost correctly. Sorry, I uh, We will see you all next time.